Hello and welcome to Inspire Me Today Radio. I'm your host, Gail Lynn Goodwin. Every once in a while, I am so inspired by one of our luminaries that I invite them back to do a second interview. Today's luminary, from the very first time I met him, years ago, has always been one of my favorites. He's an internationally renowned velocity selling specialist. He's ranked as one of the top sales gurus in the world, and he's an author, a speaker, a trainer, a teacher, and more. But here's what makes this man so special to me. He's on a mission to inspire, educate, and empower people to significantly increase their performance capability while constantly improving the quality of their lives. He's one of those real people. He's a very successful man, but he cares also about the betterment of others, and that inspires me. His name is Bob Yurchek, and he's here today to inspire us. Bob, thank you for joining us today. I'm so honored to welcome you to Inspire Me Today. Well, thank you, Gail, and I'm really happy and honored to be here with you this morning. Well, we're excited to have you here, and it's been several years since you and I have caught up by interview. So for those that do not yet know who you are, Bob, tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do in the world, and more importantly, how did you get to be who you are? Well, that's a a good question. Um, If I was to go back, I'd say it was around 22 years old where I stayed home for a full day. I was kind of discouraged, didn't know where I was going, didn't like the way my life was treating me, and I dedicated 24 hours to the most important person in the world, to myself. How cool is that? Yeah. I sat down at the dining room table with a pad of paper, and I asked myself, Bob, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want out of life? And then I picked up a pen, and I said, you know what? I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to pretend this pen is a magic wand, and whatever it writes down can become a reality. There's no barriers. There's no limitation. Everything goes. And I got 24 hours. So for 24 hours, I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. I went to sleep, woke up in the middle of the night, added a few things, woke up in the morning, added a couple more things. And when I got to work, I can remember getting out of my car and holding that book up to the sky and saying, this is all I want out of life. And I put the book back in the car. Now, I followed through and did other things over the next six months. But after six months, I lost that book. I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, no. And then 18 years later, as we moved into our new home, I found it behind a piece of furniture. Well, when I went through that book and started to read what I wrote, it was unbelievable. And it was like, wow, I've done this. I haven't done this yet. It's still part of my plan. That one day dedicated to myself made the biggest difference in my life. Wow. One thing that I That's powerful. Myself, yeah. And it's, it's uh, in, in my book, Discipline for Life, uh, that is discipline number five, where I take people through that process and encourage them to do that for themselves. We're so busy on the outside world that we never take the time to go inside. And that's where all success, motivation, everything lies within us. And we just need to spend that time with ourselves to be able to unveil these things and these desires inside of us. And then, of course, putting it in writing is the first step because that crystallizes the dream. Bob, what do you say, though, to the person that says, well, of course I can't. I can't do that. I mean, sure, I want to do it, but I can't do that. I have all these reasons why that won't work. Well, it's like Henry Ford says, you know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're absolutely right. <laughs> oh, I couldn't agree with you more. I guess the thing is, you probably make it look easy to a lot of people that are looking in from the outside saying, well, here, here's this rock star guru that's got international clients, you know, around the world. He's in great demand. That's not my life. How can I be more like that? How can I get over the fear that I have to step out and play that big? It's it's not just that. I mean, you don't have to play that big. It's it's my message is more along 
finding yourself because success is doing what you really want to do. And it's spending that time inside yourself to identify what is that, that passion that you have inside. One of the things uh, I also asked myself at that period is, if there was something I could do, guaranteed that I'd not fail at, what would that one thing be? Hmm, great and question. Hidden, and that hidden desire inside me came out, and I said, a professional speaker. Now, by the time I turned 30, um, I had five major goals for age 30. They were all in the palm of my hand, and then all of a sudden, I lost it all. And I was set back 15 years. And I had to go back into the corporate world. And in that 15 years in the corporate world, I, I asked myself, the first day at work, why am I here? And I said, I need 15 years to get myself out of the debt load from this last business failure. Okay, so let's pretend it's 15 years from now. What do you see? And I said, I'm either going to be a senior executive and retire with an index pension plan, or at age 45, I'm going to leave. I'm going to become a, a speaker, trainer, and travel the world and make a difference. And as I got closer to 45, I realized that I was an entrepreneur and I could make a bigger impact, a bigger difference in the world by speaking and training. And at age 45, I left behind a six-digit job, six weeks vacation, American Express travel uh, card, the whole bit to go and do what I'm doing today. I took the biggest risk of my life, but I did have the support of my family and that made it a lot easier. And did you did you feel any fear or trepidation in making that decision, or was it so ironclad in your mind that you could see it so clearly that there was no other alternative? Uh, I saw it very clearly. Um, there was no other alternative. As a matter of fact, um, I encouraged the corporation to let me go, and they had me sign an agreement that I could never go back and work for them, even as a third-party consultant, and I was okay with that. The bridges wow. were all burned. I had no <laughs> turning back. There was only one direction. Now, to make things even more exciting, I always had this belief that you can't profit in your backyard. Now, that's profit from speaking and profit from money. And so what I did is I wanted to see the world. So I put my hand on the globe and I touched down where home was. And I put it in Canada and I put my finger on the other side of the globe, the furthest point away, and my finger was on Singapore. So I got on the Internet, found the 10 best hotels. And I said, I'll give you eight hours of sales training in exchange for a suite for two weeks. Two hotels replied. I flew over on points, um, trained this hotel in the evening, and during the day I would network. And out of that first visit, I secured the Singapore Institute of Management as a client, and then another client, another client. And for 15 years now, I've been using Dubai and Singapore as my hubs. And I've managed to get into 47 countries and share my messages with people all over the world. That's amazing. I mean, seriously, what a story. But you had the tenacity to pick up the phone, to make that call, to send that first email, whatever it was, to reach out yeah. and say, this is what I want. And so many people, I think, forget to take that first step. You know, so this leads me back to you mentioned earlier the ABCs, that this is as easy as the ABCs. Talk yeah. to us a little about that. Well, the velocity selling system is uh, basically broken down into four categories, and we call it A, B, C, D. Um, a is attitude. That's the foundation of all successful people. There's no sense in teaching people how to engage or attract or empower buyers to buy if they don't believe and if they don't have the right foundation. So we start by building the right foundation. That starts with attitude. In attitude alone, we look at attitude in three different categories. One, attitude towards you. In other words, let's understand something about sales. Sales is a people business. And what I teach is human interaction. 
how to engage people to come up with the answers that you're kind of looking for. How do you, how do you, you know, it's doing the opposite of selling. What I teach is how to facilitate the buying process. Mm -hmm. Uh, So here, rather than we look at attitude as the foundation, and the first thing, of course, is do you believe in you? Because if you don't believe in you, nobody else is going to believe in you. So we spend a lot of time building up on the right attitudes, which serves as a foundation for your whole future because everything revolves around you and your attitude towards yourself. We also look at your attitude towards your organization and your attitude towards buyers. Now, each of these probably have, I'm going to guess, about 20 to 30 different uh, learning modules within them. When we take a look at attitude towards you, we discuss certain things like your rights. Uh, You have the right to fail, do you not? Oh, absolutely. But why don't people fail more often? Probably because they're too busy playing it safe. You got it. They, they fear. The fear they're afraid they of failing. You got it. It's like I have a seven-year-old granddaughter. I'm sure she has more courage. And I tell this to my audiences all the time. And I'm, you know, two, three hundred people in the room. And I'll say my seven-year-old granddaughter has more courage than the 200 of you all put together. That's right. Because she hasn't yet learned that she can't do what she wants to do. You got it. And this is where... We let too much of the outside world come inside and dictate who we become. You're right. So if we don't take that time to go inside and get to know ourselves from the inside out and overcome some of these fears and these beliefs, we can never change. So one of the things I explain in failure, of course, you got to fail often to succeed once. Success is based on good judgment and good judgment comes from experience and the best experience you could get is failure. But yet, what do people do when they fail? They beat themselves up. And quit. Yeah, and they quit. And when you beat yourself up, you're lowering your self-confidence, you're lowering your self-esteem, you're lowering your self-worth and your net worth. So what happens here at age 22, I made a decision. I had 20 years of catching up to do. I was born in a small family business. I didn't play sports. I didn't uh, ride a bicycle. I'd come home after school, work in the business. By the time I'm 11 years old, I'm running the business. And then uh, there's another story there that I lost my teenage years. (coughs) Excuse me. And then I lost my teenage years, and I realized I had some catching up to do. I could be like the rest of the world and think about it, but the more we think about it, the more fear sets, fear comes in. Right. With fear comes indecision. With indecision comes procrastination, and with procrastination, you know, we become paralyzed, and we don't do a darn thing. Absolutely. So what's the opposite of thinking about it? Just do it. You got it, Gail. Follow the intuition. You got it. And what's the worst thing that can happen if I just fail? <laughs> well, you fail and you don't succeed. And that's right where you are if you didn't try anyway. You got it. But you learn. So what I did here is at age 22, I gave myself permission to have 10 learning opportunities every day. So every time I go out and try something I never did before, I would fail. I wouldn't criticize myself. I wouldn't beat myself up. I would build myself up. The first thing I would do is find what's the lesson learned here. As soon as I got a lesson learned, I would tap myself on the shoulder and say, good stuff, Bob. At least you had the courage to try something you never did before. Keep up the good work. And in the meantime, I'm building building my self-esteem, building my self-confidence to the point where I dictate my life and not the outside world. So you're living from the inside out. Totally. And that's the biggest secret, the biggest thing. You know, everybody is so busy today on the outside. And if they could only just take some time and reflect on the inside and what they have. You see, I believe we all came into this world as equal human beings, regardless of race, religion, color, nationality, sex, title, or role. We all came in as perfect tens. 
We get exposed to family, to education, to religion, to politics, to friends. We let these outside influences, we internalize them. And the more we add emotions to it, the more we become like that person. We created our own fears, our own barriers, our own limitations. We created who we are today. Now, as an adult, over 18 years of age, we should be able to go back and take a look at some of our beliefs. Which ones are real and which ones are not real? And we should be able to clean up some of these beliefs and put our focus on the person that we want to be. And within 30 days, we could totally transform ourselves into the person we want to be if we take the time to work from the inside out. So we're changing attitude. We're changing beliefs. What's yes. C? What's C? Um, okay. Uh, actually, this is still attitude and beliefs. You see, your beliefs determine your attitude. Your attitude determines how you feel. How you feel determines the actions you take. The actions you take determine the results you get in life. Let me give you an example, Gail. It sounds so easy. I know. And I'll give you a quick example here of, of, of how this has affected me in one way. Um, what do most people around the world believe about rainy days? Well, let's just generalize. Dreary. Dreary, exactly. They're depressed. So that's our belief. So rainy days are depressing days. They're dreary days. What's our attitude like on a rainy day? Uh, lethargic. Yeah, negative. We're not feeling too good. Mm-hmm. So, and then we feel tired. And if we feel tired, well, what actions do we take? Minimal. Minimal. We might stay in bed. And of course, what results does that give you? <laughs> you feel worse. Exactly. Self-fulfilling so, prophecy. You got it. So I remember one time I was sitting at a cottage and watching the rainfall on the lake for a good 30 minutes. And my wife's behind me reading a book. She said, Bob, why don't you pick up a book and read? I said, it's a great idea, but I feel like going for a walk in the rain. Would you like to come? She said, no. So I went out and walked in the rain without a hat or jacket for about 15 minutes, came in soaking wet, picked up a towel, dried off my hands and my face, opened up my laptop, and I started to write the 12 disciplines to live in your dreams. Well, as I was writing, 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 the rain stopped, and when the rain stopped, I stopped writing. And then I went back and I read what I wrote, and I go, wow, where did this come from? It's so inspiring. And of course, I was coming up with all kinds of justifications, how I've been studying this for years. It's, it's second nature to me. I know it inside out. And I kept questioning my answers. In my sales program, I teach people to never accept the first answer. Always apply the rule of three plus. The rule of three plus is once you have an answer, question that answer, question that answer, question that answer, and go deep. Anyways, I concluded, and it sounds kind of weird, but could it be that I'm just the messenger and raindrops were drops of inspiration? Absolutely. For me, it's snowflakes. I get, well, I get what you're saying completely. So here's what I said. You know what? The only way I could prove this is every time it rains, I should go out in the rain and come back and write an article. In 2006, I set a goal for myself that every time it rains, take a 15-minute walk in the rain, come back and write an article with the desire of it being published in a magazine somewhere in the world. That year, I got published 65 times. And oh guess how many my. times in the rain? 65 times? You got it. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you change your beliefs and you change your results. Your beliefs determine your attitude. Your attitude determines how you feel. How you feel determines the actions you take and the actions you take get you those results. So that makes a big difference. And one of the beliefs is we're all equal human beings. I often share to people, you know, let's pretend we got a zipper in our skin. and Just unzip it. Everybody get out of their skin. How different are we? We're all the same. Regardless Absolutely. of race, religion, color, nationality, sex, title, or role, the only thing different in this is our mindset. 
and what we've allowed in. And as adults, we need to go back and take some time to clean up some of that baggage that we're bringing forward, some of those things that are holding us back. And so this is one of our rights. So in this whole part on attitude, we build a solid foundation so that you get to believe in yourself. When we talk about identity, we talk about roles and various things, but it's the most important component to building the foundation because if you can't take care of you, how can you take care of a buyer? If you can't control yourself, how can you control a sales process? You know, it's all these kind of things. So it's important in that area. We also take a look at your belief in your organization uh, and, and towards the buyer. Then we look at behaviors. Uh, and the, the way I like to set this up, Gail, is maybe to put it across another way. As a buyer, how do you like to be treated? Like I matter. You got it. Do you like to be listened to? Oh, absolutely. So to be listened to, is that an attitude, a behavior, or a competency? I think that's a behavior. You, you behave that way. You listen to someone. You give them the time. So here's the way I like to best ex- uh, explain it. You've heard of people that are competent listeners. They're competent listeners in that they're very, very good at listening. Now, how did they become a competent listener? Practice. To become practice, exactly. Practice is the behavior. It's the things we do on a daily basis. It's our habits. So if I want to become a, a competent listener, my daily behaviors is to practice listening. But before I could even practice listening, I have to have a desire to want to listen. Sure. And that desire comes from our attitude. So when you take a look at every way, every word, if I was to say, how do buyers like to be treated? Every word that you come up with will all roll back to attitude. And attitude is 100% under your control. As a matter of fact, you master your attitude and you can increase your performance by 100%. And then we say there's a second word. And by the way, this attitude, if you take it and transcribe it or translate it into numerical value, A being letter 1, T being letter 20, add it all up, attitude totals 100%. There's a second word that you could add. How interesting is that? Yeah, really. And and the second word puts it all together. Because between age 45 and 50, my first five years in business, I had a goal to retire at age 50. Now, retirement meant three things to me. One, it was to have a certain net worth. Two, it was to be debtless. And three, it was to have a business that was global in nature where I never have to go looking for business anymore. It will look for me. And I did accomplish all those three. And I say there's two words that helped me get there within that five-year period. And those two words, the first one was attitude. I took real significant control of my attitude and made sure that I kept it clean and straight and focused. The second word, also when translated into numerical value, you add it up, it gives you 100%. You put these two words together and you end up with 200% performance. That second word is discipline. And the way I describe discipline, discipline is a commitment to the most important person in the world. It means doing what you have to do, even when you don't want to do it. Now, here's the way I like to use discipline. Gail, what's your most productive time of your day? This may not be the right answer, but I would say whenever I choose for it to be. Okay, but are you a morning person, a day person, a night um, person? I'm, I'm, I'm early morning and also late in the evening, more so than, more so than midday. Well, that's good. I, I happen to be a morning person. And when I realized that, I used to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, have a cup of coffee. Then when I realized uh, I was most productive in the morning, I decided to get up at 6 a.m. And from 6 to 7, that would be my power hour. 
I would do something for Bob to help Bob get to where Bob wants to go. Now, here's the secret behind discipline. Any behavior that gets recognized or rewarded gets repeated. So at 7 o'clock, I reward myself. What do you think my reward is? Oh, a walk in the rain, coffee, hot chocolate. Oh, there it is, my first cup of coffee. (laughs) Whereas I used to get and just have it. Now I discipline myself to dedicate that first hour to myself. I reward myself with that first cup of coffee. And while I drink that first cup of coffee, I give thanks for the fact that I can have a cup of coffee when there's millions of people in this world that can't get a clean glass of water. Am I ever fortunate? Seven, eight o'clock, I get into exercise. Eight o'clock, I have breakfast. And again, I give thanks that I can have breakfast when there's kids in our own communities going to school hungry. And at nine o'clock, I'll go and do a seminar. How do you think I feel at that point? Woohoo! And how do you think I'm going to perform? <laughs> because the bottom excellent. You because, got it. Because you're already taken care of. You got it. How can I give something to somebody else if I don't have it inside to give away? Your cup is full. It's it's you overflowing. Got it. You got it. And now I could give you everything I could possibly can, but I got to give myself that hour. And the same applies in reverse. Let's say I didn't get up at six o'clock. I slept in. I was out late or whatever. Well, the punishment kicks in. If I missed my Bob time, guess what? No coffee. If I didn't do my exercise, no breakfast. And you do that to yourself two or three times and you start to condition the mind. And then these things become habits. And what we want to do is create effective habits in our life so we're always doing the right things. And by the way, you cannot kill a habit or stop a habit. You can only replace habits. So identify your ineffective habits. Replace them with effective habits. Replace procrastination with do it now kind of thing. And in time, you'll master it. So attitude and discipline combined make a significant difference in one's life. Now, once we have attitude and discipline in place, we look at behaviors. Behaviors are the things you do on a daily basis. And I break this down into three parts as well. First, your behavior towards yourself. Two, your behavior towards your business, your job, your organization. And three, your behavior towards buyers. In behavior towards yourself, we look at how to set smart goals and how to set yourself up so that you accomplish your goals. Because why do you go to work? I ask that question all over the world. And of course, there's one answer that comes up everywhere. Gail, I'm sure you know the answer. Why do people go to work? I think the majority of the people go to work for what I would think is the wrong reason, and they do it for money. You got it, and that's the answer I get all over the world. Again, I apply the rule of three three plus. Question the answer, question the answer, question the answer. You go to work to make money. Make money to do what? To have a certain lifestyle. The more I question that lifestyle, the more I'm going to find out your lifestyle is different than the other person's lifestyle. And as we get down that lifestyle, I'm going to find out that you have a dream. And it's that dream that is the reason why you're really going to work. And when you put that dream together with the reason why you're going to work, you get more motivated about going to work. You see, work is nothing but a stepping stone to helping you get where you want to go. The problem with society today is most people don't know where they want to go. You're, you're dead on right, Bob, from the, from the information and the questions and the emails that we get from so many of our people. They'll listen to what you're saying and then they'll say, but that doesn't apply for me because I don't really have that dream or I have that dream, but I'm afraid to take that step. That's right. I think it's they don't have a tangible to do, a tangible step that they can actually go do that, oh, that worked. Maybe now I can take the next one. That's, That's why right. I guess I'm so excited about what you're teaching because you break it down and make it easy. That oh, anybody can do this. Extremely easy. And that's the whole part is even in, when we get to the action plan section of the goal log, we break it down, break it down, break it down to what are the little things you can do each and every day 
So you give yourself a check mark, a monthly monitor chart. Each day you give yourself a check mark, you're moving forward. The days that you leave blank, well, you need to master or you need to get 25 check marks out of 31 a month for it to become a habit. Otherwise, you got to do 21 consecutive days to make something a habit. But it works, and it's taking these little steps each and every day to help you get where you want to go. You know, it's funny. I'm picturing as a mom and now as a grandmother, I'm picturing the little gold star chart my daughter used to have when she did her chores. You know, you help with the dishes, you make your bed, you do these things. And those things became ingrained as habits that she's now teaching her gra- my, da- my granddaughter yeah. the same things with those little gold stars. That's exactly it. And, and I have a form called a monthly monitor chart where basically uh, you review your goals three times a day, you give yourself check marks as you go, you have your daily affirmations, and then you have three goals and three little steps you got to do, and you just give check marks, and those check marks are positive reinforcement. Every year around uh, New Year's, I do all kinds of media interviews on how the monthly monitor chart can help people stay on track and surpass their New Year's resolutions just by monitoring themselves. It makes a big difference. The problem is people don't take the time to do these little things matter most well, because don't they're you think, so busy. Don't you think a lot of times, Bob, they also don't take the time to do it because they know they haven't been doing it and they like don't want to get busted? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't, you yeah. don't want to beat yourself up more than you have to for the things that you know you didn't do. Well, that's where commitment comes in again, you know, and respecting the commitment to the most important person in the world. Don't ever lie. Don't ever cheat yourself. Respect yourself because you are all you have. And you are the most important person in the world to yourself. And you can't take care of anybody else until you take care of yourself. And that's really the bottom line, the foundation. Anyway, so once we get through goals, we teach them about organizational goals and revenue targets. And we get into what we call uh, um, call to close ratios, pay time, no pay time. Then we look at buyers and how to target buyers and how to get a better uh, roadie, as I refer to it, a return on time invested. And when you channel your energies in certain directions to appeal to certain clients, you get a better return on time invested. And we look at clients and we break them down into three categories, A, B, and C, following the 80-20 rule. 80% of your business will come from 20% of your clients. What does that 20% look like? Profile them, target in on them, and then attract them towards you. And then we get into things like retain strategies, regain strategies, gain strategies, And the one I love the most is what I call a personal marketing plan. People buy people. Once they buy you, they will buy anything you have to sell. But how do you get them to buy you first? So the question I often put to audience is, how do you position yourself in the market as an expert so that people come looking for you by name? I call this a pull strategy versus the traditional push strategy. Sure. I don't want you pushing things on people. I want you to be engaging people and attracting them towards you. So here's some simple techniques. We talk to them about writing articles, blogs, uh, writing a book, speaking in public, getting involved in organizations from a, a board point of view. You know, if, you're, if your clients belong to the Chamber of Commerce, well, you could become a member and network. Or you could become uh, the president and everyone would know who you are. Or you could speak to this group for 30 minutes and give them value, give them content. Don't try and pitch them or sell them. Just right. give them value content and they'll be chasing you. Quite often, I like to use this example uh, on, on, on a better return on time invested, better roadie. You know, Gail, you and I, I'm the seller, you're the buyer. I could spend a half an hour with you. At the end of that half hour, I will be chasing you. I could spend that same half hour one on 100 people, do a talk, 
And at the end of that half hour, the buyers will be chasing me. Gee, which is more effective? Exactly. Where <laughs> am I going to get a better roadie? Of course. It's looking at ways like that. It's non-traditional. It's a way of getting people looking for you by name. And then, of course, what I do is we then introduce what we call the selling system. But there's a few things that people have to master first. One, they have to learn how to be buyer-focused. One of the problems in sales today is everybody is product-focused, company-focused, brand-focused, me-focused, commission-focused, whatever. But they miss out on the most important part. To get a sale, you need a buyer. Therefore, you have to be buyer-focused. It's all about the buyer, not about you. Your job is to qualify them to determine if there's a need or not. If there's no need, move on. Don't waste their time. So we talk a lot about being buyer-focused. We also then talk about engaging buyers. And, of course, I go through all kinds of exercises here that how to engage buyers so that they discover for themselves what their needs are and they also discover the solution to which you have. Right. So it's engaging them to come up with the answers you're looking for. And, Bob, so, I imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine there are people listening to this that are not in sales. But I have to think that the principles that you're talking about work in life in general, even if you're not in a, quote, sales position. Yes? Totally. Yes, definitely. I teach this to leaders of teams, the same techniques, to parents, to partnerships, relationships. The same techniques apply right across the board. These are not uh, sneaky snake oil techniques or sales techniques. They're human interaction. And just by understanding the way human beings interact with each other and applying these principles, you end up with better communications, uh, more honesty, clear clear futures, and you don't waste any time. Absolutely. And that's the bottom line. I would have to think that this would help you with your relationship with your, you know, your spouse, your teenage kids, whatever. This is going to help in every aspect of life once you master these things. You see, what I say here is sales is not about making a sale. It's about making a relationship. The more relationships you have, the bigger your network. The bigger your network, the bigger your net worth. Because everything is going to happen through the relationships that you create each and every day. Excellent. Your job, your job whether you be a business owner, a consultant, or, or a team leader, is to help people discover their needs and to determine whether you could help them or not. And you can't solve the world's problems. And if you can't solve them, be honest with them and tell them you can't. So what we do is we set up, it's a step-by-step -step process, one where you build rapport, you gain the other person's trust. And without trust, you can't go anywhere. So it's very important to gain trust. Once we have the trust and we see that the, the buyer or the other person is talking openly, we basically set some ground rules. Ground rules would, would, would sound something like this, Gail, if you mind just role-playing with here, me for a minute. Sure. Let's say we've been talking for a while, we've got good rapport, you're, you're talking openly with me. And now I know I got rapport because you're talking openly. And I just go, oh, by the way, Gail, how much time have we set aside for our conversation today? Oh, about a half an hour. Okay. And what is it you would like to accomplish in the next half an hour? Well, that certainly turns it to me, doesn't it? It does. But you see, it's all about your objective, not mine. And again, exactly. it's the opposite. So then you give me your objective and I'll say, okay, that's great, Gail. Listen, is it okay? I also want to know a little bit about you and your organization. Is it okay if we ask each other some questions? Do you mind if I take some notes? And by the way, Gail, I can't solve the world's problems. And I mean, help you. if I can't help you, is it okay if I be honest with you and tell you, no, I can't? 
Yeah, who's going who's gonna to say no to that? I mean, people exactly. are people are so not used to this, Bob. Well, I know it's 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 so easy going and honest and straightforward. And the other part is, and if I can help you, I'll tell you yes. Are we okay to be honest with each other, Gail? Absolutely. And just work on yes and no answers. Because a lot of times, a lot of times people say think it over, and think it over really means no, and it ends up wasting your time. And the last thing I want to do today is waste your time. The number one complaint about salespeople. So just setting it up like this, the barriers come down, the communications become clear, and then we get into asking each other questions to determine and analysis, you know, needs, budget, decision. We summarize, and at that point, we know whether we can help the person or not. And if we can't, we tell them we can't. If we know we can, we tell them we can. And then we ask one more time for a commitment. I believe I can help you. I'm ready to give you a solution to that problem. Are you still okay with giving me a yes or no answer at the end of my presentation? Perfect. And then in the end, I let them buy. On a scale of 1 to 10, how did, how did you see yourself using this product or service? No, 1, no. 10, you already see sure. yourself using it. And if they say 6 or less, you take the blame. Where did you go wrong? Because you really messed up if it was 6 or less. If it's 7, 8, or 9, what's it going to take to get to a 10? And you, you deal with it. And again? And if, they nine, if they say 9, you could say, is it fair to say you really work on a scale of 1 to 9 and 10 doesn't exist? <laughs> really? Well, Bob, they have a all, laugh. Of, all of this is in your book, Velocity Selling? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's in the book and in our online uh, virtual training program. What we did, Gail, uh, uh, over the last, since the recession, I guess around 2008, I've been seeking ways of how can I make my training more accessible and affordable to everybody. Because in the past, what I've done is I've worked mostly for corporate 500 companies. They would fly me around the world business class, pay me big fees, and I would do continuous training. By continuous training, would be anywhere from a day a week to a day a quarter or ongoing. So throughout the year, I would be changing their attitudes, behaviors, and providing them with ongoing training. And it became very expensive. When the recession hit, well, people were cutting back on their budgets and everything. I got approached by a company out of Las Vegas called Lightspeed VT to partner with them in creating an interactive video uh, virtual sales training program that we could market uh, to the world. Terrific. We've now, yep, we've now completed it. We've launched it. It's now available. And people could go to VelocitySelling.com, take a seven-day free trial offer, see what it's like. And if they like it, well, then they could purchase it on a monthly basis or on an annual basis and have me one-on-one training to all day long, any time of the day, 24-7, all year round, that's affordable, accessible. And the whole idea is you learn a little bit, you, you, you have workbook exercises, you have testing. And if you're a team of salespeople, of course, there's monitoring, tracking, and management reporting. So you always know where the team is. Excellent. Well, again, this is VelocitySelling.com. For those of you that are listening, again, who are not in sales, check it out. I'm I'm intrigued, and I think that this has enough other things, enough enough basis for life itself. I mean, just the part that you did, Bob, on attitude was incredible. I know I will go back and listen to this again just on that as a refresher, even though I know these things. So this is all good stuff. And for those of you that are listening that might be driving or at the gym or out and walking in the rain, come on back to Inspire Me Today. You can click on Bob Urichuk, U-R-I-C-H-U-C-K. Put him in the search box. All these links will be there. So if you remember nothing other than Bob, go back, put in Bob. You'll see uh, all of Bob's information, all his contacts. You can hire him. You can buy his book. We'll make sure you have all the links to, to do anything. 
Bob, again, this has just been, you have filled my mind. You've got me. I'm sitting on my little bouncy ball here at my office. And when I get jazzed, I find that I'm bouncing up and down. And I'm getting bouncy, you know, just sitting here listening to you, looking out at it snowing, thinking I need to go walk in the snow. There we go. So thank you again. I'm so grateful for all the insights that you've shared. I have my favorite question for you now, though, Bob, and that is, if you were to summarize your greatest wisdom... What have you learned so far that you'd want to pass on to others right here, right now? Uh, I'd like to put it across in two quotes. The two quotes are that uh, the first quote is the 10 most famous two letter words in the English language. I think everybody might get the 10th word. I'll give you nine words. And I'm sure, Gail, you can come up with the 10th word. Here we go. If it is to be, it is up to me. You got it. That's from a personal development point of view. Now, for the sales part, I like to sum it up this way. And I believe it was Theodore Roosevelt who said this. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's so true. So true in every aspect of life, not even in sales. I mean, in life that matters. That's right. That's right. And I put it in sales because sales has a tendency to go out there and tell people how much they know as opposed to showing how much, how much they, they care. care. Exactly. Beautiful. Well, Bob, is there anything else you'd like to add in closing? Well, I just want to thank you and, and thank all your listeners for bearing with me on the last little while. It's Life is a journey, and each and every day I am just so thankful that I'm in an area or a uh, where I could share my knowledge because my life right now is about giving back. I've gotten everything I wanted and now it's my turn to give back in every way I can. And I look forward to doing that with people. I, I waive my fee for a lot of nonprofit organizations. I help people wherever I can. And as a certified social entrepreneur, uh, over 10% of my gross goes back to children in need. Uh, I recently Good adopted Village. Yeah, I recently adopted a village in Sri Lanka. Uh, it was right after the tsunami. And I'm responsible for 700 children there for uh, medical care, education, job creation. And wow. That was one of the greatest gifts I felt. I've, one of the biggest differences I felt I've made in this world. Uh, the other thing I'm trying to do right now is change the perception of the sales profession. It's got the lowest it's got the lowest hmm. uh, perception of all professions, yet I believe it's one of the most important because without sales, there's no transactions. No transactions leads to no revenue. No revenue, organizations would not exist and no one would have a job. Sure. The world revolves around sales, and I want to make this profession one of the most respected professions out there. It's going to take time. It's going to take energy. But it's my desire. And in time, I know I will be able to do that with the people I'm working with because I've got a great team of people around me. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for people like you, Gail, and for the people that come into my life. And just being grateful is, I think, where I'm going to end it. I am so thankful. Excellent. Well, we are grateful for you for taking the time, Bob, for the difference you're making in the world and for inspiring us the way you do each and every day. Thank you for that. Again, to our, our community, you can find out more about our luminary by coming back to inspiremetoday.com. Bob Urichek is who you've been listening to. Just put his name in the search box and you'll find his written today's brilliance, his bio, his other information, the links to buy his book, to listen to his module at velocityselling.com. Great stuff, Bob. Thank you. Thank you. 
And again to our listeners, thank you for spending part of your day with us. Come on back again next week. We'll bring you inspiration from another incredible luminary. And until then, remember, it's only when you have the courage to step off the ledge that you'll realize you've had wings all along. We love you. We're here for you. We'll see you again tomorrow. And thanks again for stopping by. It's your dream, it's your sky.